This episode is brought to you by 100% Pure New Zealand. New Zealand's unique spirit is defined by a connection between land and people. Discover Nelson Tasman, an enchanting region of artisans and natural beauty. Experience the town of Kaikoura's abundant sea life and culinary delights. Then transport yourself to the Bay of Plenty, home to geothermal features and rich Māori culture. New Zealand is now open to US travellers. Visit NewZealand.com to learn more. Roraconda has a tracker, not for Santa or for packages. They are tracking the process in which you receive your vehicle. Once the perfect CRV, HRV, or other vehicle is selected and ordered, the reliable rep will continuously track its whereabouts to keep the customer updated. If that is an elite customer service, what is? Visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now we will start the Jagoff podcast from... Johnny Angel's Genshi Stuff, right down here on Preble Avenue, next to Bicycle Heaven. Do it. Is Colin that yet? According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word Jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the out of you. Yeah, Jagoff! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, Jagoff? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. Hey, it's Rick Sivak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jagoff Podcast. That sounded more spooky than doo-woppish. That was it like more like... Cozily, yeah, cozily right, done, right, right, right. Like, All right, so this is the Jagoff Podcast, and uh, we are John and Rachel, and we appreciate, if you're listening for the first time, that you subscribe to the podcast, however, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're, you don't want to subscribe to it. But really, that's the lazy man's way to do it. You just subscribe to it. It comes. You don't have to do anything. But if you're not a subscriber, every Tuesday on yougagoff.com, is a new sure. episode. Hit our website, click on the bar, and you can listen to it there as well. We have to give a shout out also that not only is it the Jagoff podcast, but we're producing a couple other podcasts that we're going you're going to be hearing about in the new year. Specifically, the one we just launched, which is the Merry Widows podcast. We're super excited about that because they are near and dear to us. They are a group of women who um, I've known forever and a day. I have stories about every single one of them, but it's seven women who basically are talking about grieving and the steps of grieving but they're the merry widows because they found each other we've had them on quite a few podcasts so you know who they are if you know us but basically you need to go follow their podcast page because they have so much fun when they're together they help you give tips and and I don't know, just kind of navigate through life whenever you've lost someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be a husband. but You know, listen, I think the greatest pitch for the Merry Widows is they have a Merry Widows van, and they take trips in it. Yeah. So that's what the podcast and is about. Just, they're more fun. I can't even explain it. Right. I mean, when I'm telling you they're fun, they're fun. Or so, I'm showing my age. <laughs> right. Don't forget to listen to the Jagoff of the Week every week on every Ooh, Friday, yeah. 1055, with the Lista on mm-hmm. 100.7 Star. And at this point, you know who the Jagoff of the Year was, but we want you to go back and check it out because because we're not going to give it to you that easy. You need to go see. We literally scoured through all of the different ones that we've written about, and Alyssa had us on the radio to talk about who the Jagoff of the Week was. We narrowed it down. You chose who was it. Go check it out on the website. And a talk of the town every day at 4.55 with Kelly on 100.7. All right, so we have a bunch of guests, including People's Gas is involved with us, as you know, and uh, they have some tips for us as well. But I love these winter tips. The cool part is they're going to answer our question of the day, and I don't think they even know about it. Escape. We're small, they can want it to taste it. 
We're so happy that we get to actually talk to the folks over at People's Gas yet again. I love that they're coming on and they are really enlightening us. It's not just through the holiday season and not just winter. There's tips year round that we need to know about. We learned a lot last time. Now, the cool thing is that we're sitting here in all this 1970s stuff here, right? At Johnny Angel's Ginchy stuff. And before we even get into the people's part of it, we want to ask you guys like, I don't know if you're old enough or not to remember the 70s, but or can you remember the 70s? But what's your favorite thought about 1970s? Where does that take you back to? It takes me back into my childhood or sled riding and things like that. And like you said, decorating for Christmas and and uh, just uh, doing the family thing. Where did you uh, sled ride? I, Inquiring minds want to know. Pardon me? Where did you sled ride? Oh, in our neighborhood, down the streets or in neighbors' yards that are, you know, real hilly. Okay. Some people don't even remember the alleys back in the day, but it was all street sled riding. So Isn't far, that I'm the truth? I was just going to say, I, I hear stories about how people would use garbage can lids. I mean, there weren't these fancy schmancy sleds that they had that we have now back in the day. So that's it was exactly simpler right. times back then. You used whatever you could use. That's right. That's exactly right. Garbage bags would work. So here we are in 20, bringing in 2022. And we get to talk to you guys because we think it's so important that people realize that you are a utility company that is needed year round. So we have a couple of questions that we actually got. We're going to talk to Jeff and Kevin. Kevin is the manager. It's Kevin Campbell. He is the manager of the tech training center. And then we have Jeff Rapaski. And Jeff is actually the senior tech trainer. So they have lots of experience when it comes to this topic, which is carbon monoxide, because there are a bunch of things that we need to know as homeowners. So which one of you can let me know, how does carbon monoxide affect me and my family on a regular basis? Well, it's highly toxic. Uh, it, it's similar. Most people, if they're getting overcome with carbon monoxide, um, flu-like symptoms, uh, they don't feel well, uh, but it could be a sign that uh, it could be carbon monoxide. So you said flu-like symptoms? That's correct. Headache, really? fatigue, nausea tired. Wow. I would not know that. So this could be happening and you don't even realize it. That is correct. Wow. Interesting. So you learn something new every day. So as far as carbon monoxide, this is something that we're learning about when we're in school, it's through STEM, no matter where you're attending school, but where exactly does carbon monoxide come from? It's produced by any fossil fuel, uh, device appliance that burns a fossil fuel, uh, such as your furnace, uh, gas range, uh, your your car itself. Now, are you guys asked these kinds of questions all the time? And how are you, how do you educate people? Like how, if you're, John and I always say this, if you're at a party, if you're at a get together, if you're just kind of, you know, with your family during the holidays and, and a neighbor or a friend says, oh, I hear you work for the gas company, which I'm sure happens. Is that the kind of question that you're getting typically? At times. And we do a lot of outreach through people's uh, local fire departments. Uh, we've been to senior uh, senior events, uh, luncheons, and, and depending on what topic they want us to talk about, at times it is about carbon monoxide. Okay, interesting enough. So going back to the, the whole flu-like symptom thing is amazing to me because I have three children and I, you know, you don't know anymore. Of course, living still in the, the age of COVID and not knowing like, What's the difference between a sinus infection and, and like you said, flu-like symptoms and things like that? Peeling back the layers a little bit, how do I know if carbon monoxide is present so that I can maybe avoid something? Uh, install carbon monoxide detectors 
similar to the fire smoke alarm. Um, they're proven to save lives. And we're at that time of the year where there's a lot of residential structure fires. Uh, you have more chances of a carbon monoxide in a home. Uh, best advice is um, carbon monoxide along with smoke detectors. Some are in combination. They'll do both. Um, uh, it's probably the best device that you can install to protect your family. And so that's a good point. It do, are we supposed to have as many, like, for instance, I had an addition put on my home. So I have a couple different fire detectors. How many carbon monoxide do we need? Do we need that many? Is it one? Is it per floor? Well, it would go per floor, um, especially around bedrooms. Uh, if you go back to the flu-like symptoms, uh, you're tired, you're fatigued. Uh, normally, you head to the bedroom to lay down. Uh, but you definitely want them there uh, sleeping quarters. What are some of the symptoms that you would know or I would know so that I knew how to react just in case there was any kind of carbon monoxide poisoning or a detection of it? Well, unlike natural gas, where we add the odorant uh, for early detection that somebody could smell it. Uh, believe it or not, the odorant, odorant that we add in our natural gas is our biggest safety feature. However, with carbon monoxide, it's called the silent killer because you're not able to smell it. You're not able to see it. Um, if you get high levels, uh, you may get some burning of your eyes. Um, but other than that, it's it's what they call it the silent killer. Uh, the best defense is a carbon monoxide detector. So there you go. Too bad we're post-Christmas because we could say put this on your Christmas list. It's never too late. I love the fact that there's outreach being done so that different groups and different sectors are, are finding out how they can better protect themselves. But how do I protect myself and my family from carbon monoxide poisoning? And is this kind of part of the outreach that you're doing with these groups that we talked about? Yes. One, uh, for those folks that have integral garages, uh, watch starting your car, shouldn't warm it up in the garage, pull it outside the garage, shut the garage door. Um, never start a, 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 we're in the winter season. Uh, don't uh, start your snow blower if you have one in the garage and leave one running in the garage. Um, have your appliances. Uh, it should be yearly. Uh, have a safety inspection done on your furnace. Uh, have it cleaned. Uh, general maintenance. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the only time we call is when our furnace is not working. Uh, so yearly, have your appliances checked. Have, you know, with the technology that we have today, uh, most heating contractors, plumbing contractors, they have detection equipment that they can do a safety check in your home uh, for any appliances that may be uh, may have the possibility to produce carbon monoxide. If people did have general questions for whether it's carbon monoxide or something like that, are they calling the, the general people's gas number and visiting peoplesgas.com? Yeah, they would do one or the other, either call the gas company on the uh, general number or they can go online and there are safety tips online that they can go through. Uh, whether it be for natural gas leaks or carbon monoxide, or uh, like you said before, call before you dig, things like that. Now, we cannot let you go until you answer our coveted question of the day. Are you guys ready for this? Because this is completely not scripted, and you may not know about it because it is not people's natural gas related. Are you ready? Yes. Go All ahead. right. So as John said, we are sitting at Johnny Angel's Ginchy Stuff over here off of Beaver Avenue. And in case you don't know, this is a museum full of collectible items. Do you have any kind of collectible item that you could not live without? That's a tough one. Well, I don't have the garbage can lit anymore for sled riding. So that, that might have been one back in the day. Um, 
No, some of the stuff back in the day that, that could be heirlooms now, I think we took them for granted. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks watch American Pickers and stuff that's, you know, maybe worth some money today. We took for granted. Mine's probably thrown away. Isn't I that the truth? 19- or we sold it on eBay. I know I did that. <laughs> I have a 1949 Farmall tractor that uh, uh, my son and I are rebuilding right now. That uh, it was uh, one that my dad who was on a dairy farm back in the thirties uh, and forties, they had, it's not that one, but it is the, it's not the exact tractor, but it is that type of tractor. And uh, we're rebuilding it in memory of my dad. That is such a good story. Well, maybe we'll have to make room for it. And John Angel's Ginchy stuff, just move over some of the museum items and just slide it in there. There you go. There you go. Thank you guys so much. And we can't wait to talk to you again next month. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to talk to, you know, this is where it gets exciting because if you follow us, you know that John Angel is part of our kind of repertoire. We, we bring in, we weave in the fabric of JA and everything. that. We- this year's NBA playoffs are going to feature a lot of great rookies and FanDuel wants you to be one of them. Make your debut on FanDuel Sportsbook with promo code ROOKIE and your first bet is risk-free up to a thousand bucks. So you can bet the point spread, grab the money line, or build a same-game parlay. And if you make a rookie mistake, FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in site credit so you can take another shot. Okay, this guy's got potential. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up and unlock your risk-free first bet up to $1,000. We're looking forward to seeing what you're made of. 21 plus in President Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We do, especially like you said at the beginning, because we're constantly either using the parking lot at Ginchy stuff. I mean, John, if you think about, if we recollect on 2020 and 2019, actually 2021 to 2019, on the things that we did to like, kind of circumvent covid they were all at genji stuff yeah maybe not on the inside this was like our secret space yeah i mean because the parking lot has been conducive to so many things the comedy shows um the outdoor who was it hermie and harry with uh, yeah we had a little dueling pianos i could not think of their name um and then coming inside you know during the parade the fake parade we did and actually showing it off to some of the amazing people so that's why it's going to be cool i mean this this is jack i think you have to realize this is now santa recommended santa oh, was yeah, here yeah, yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. you know him yeah i know him yeah right and that yeah. was really one of my favorite moments i mean if we were really gonna go back and say we loved some of the parking lot parties that we had especially because two of our other guests ray and colin are here so that's gonna be fun so they can reflect on what they thought but my favorite to date was the parade because we did it for saint patrick's day if you remember and it was fun but nothing beats Pouring down rain in December <laughs> instead of because let's let's face it the parade was canceled the traditional parade the holiday parade that's WPX did there was no disrespect to them but we wanted something to happen so this was perfect what did you think of it I, I loved it because uh, first of all 
the way you guys created it. Yeah. That, we're uh, good creators, John. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> creator. it, it was it was kind of neat because it, you're used to seeing the parades on television, right. especially the the Pittsburgh parades on sure. television, right? And when they they do the interviews uh, on the live, uh, y- you know, you'd see them, and it was kind of neat and this right. and that. But most of it looks like, in my opinion, most of it looks like you know it, it, you you planned it out, right? You know, quick staged. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> this yeah. was like. Real. This was like a real parade. Real fake. <laughs> we we didn't. Yeah, as you know us, Jack. We don't hardly plan out the day, let alone a parade. Yeah. And we didn't lip sync anything, Mm-mm. right? Nobody Literally. got out of a limousine because we didn't have enough money. But nobody got out of a limousine and lip synced nope. anything. Everybody sang live. Totally eighties. Oh, Mark Ferrari. Us. Yeah. (laughs) On the sizzle reel, it's pretty funny because it's me literally like grabbing the mic essentially off Liz from Totally 80s. But yeah, it was such a good time and we loved it. So, you know, it's easy for me, Dad. I talk about this all the time that we have people on our team working with you because I lived this for 45 years. And I joke that all of the things that you see within Ginchy stuff were at some point in our attic or somewhere housed (laughs) at the house, right? Sure was. And that's a true story. But there are things in here that realistically I didn't know you had. So we want people to really know, as we've said before, this is a hidden gem, you know, and you've said it yourself. People don't realize that it's here. So first of all, start with why here, where you're located Mm -hmm. and how you kind of go about picking the things that you have showcased. The the reason I'm here is because the location, uh, I grew up in this neighborhood, you know, so when I was born and raised in the Woods Run area down here, and this was all industrial where I am now, but right across the, the street from here was row houses until they put 65 in. So there was a lot of history. So for even me. stop there. So for people who don't know, it's R.J. Casey, right? Yes. Industrial Park. So in typical Pittsburgh fashion, I say on your way to the casino. So off Correct. of Beaver, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And, and when you come in here, uh, like a lot of people remember Chateau Plaza, and that which is no longer here. But this was behind that. Okay. okay? And um, it's kind of neat for us because when, when you come down here as a child, we used to ride our bikes down here. And we used to swim, right? One of the, uh, one of the buildings that is no longer here they used to have this big beam that came out, and they I guess they loaded the barges with them. Okay. But when when no one was working, we would swim down here, and you jump off the beam oh, into wow. the river, which was kind of <laughs> cool, you know. So there's a lot of childhood memories here, you know. But okay, you know how my, I, I'm proud of my roots, especially Northside, and um, this is such a major part of Northside. This is the Manchester section, right? And uh, it was kind of neat for, for me to come down here because Bicycle Heaven's right here. Right. You got the Manchester Craftsman's Guild right next door to me. And I went to high school with Mr. Strickland, right? right. We went to Oliver together. Sure. And uh, so there's a lot of history for me and a lot of memories. So when I was putting this together, I had a little collectible store, as you know, out on California Avenue. And Craig Morrow from the Bicycle Heaven used to come in quite a bit. And he said, man, you need to come down next to me. You need more space. You need more space. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody realized how much I actually had. They right. thought I had this little store full. So um, whenever I come down and looked at this, it used to be a restaurant. And I did everything in here myself, all the cases, everything that was framed. But this was all in my warehouse, which was my buddy John Gajetta's mother's store at one time. In Wilmerding, right? In Wilmerding, because there's no Winkies in Wilmerding. But you have to even (laughs) stop there, because this is the most common misconception, I think, for people. So they go, but what is it, right? So you always get the whole, what's the word, Ginchy? And basically, it's a 60s word, right? 50s, really. Oh, 50s. Okay, that means, like, cool. It does. Okay. But when you say you built cases... 
I think you have to add a layer because people think they come in and it's just pop culture. You know, as I described on something I wrote, it's every decade, you know, from yeah. the 80s to the 20s. Yeah. But when you say built cases, explain what that means. Uh, I have actual tuxedos of some of the entertainers that I've worked with and uh, some of the jackets from people and uh, some of the, the stage wear, like from Eugene Pitt from the Jive Five. And, and I have stuff here from Chuck Berry and from uh, James Brown and all the people I've worked with. So I build cases, display cases, so that we have – when you go through my museum, it's not just uh, – pictures of me with the people I've worked with, but it's actual memorabilia from the folks that were his- historic. I mean, sure. <laughs> their music lives on to today. And know? historic in your life, right? Because as I've explained to John, and you can jump in, I know that we're just having a conversation, <laughs> but when we were in Mercer County, and I said, that's where the vocal group Hall of Fame was, that had to be part of the inspiration, right? Because yeah. they that's exactly how they had it. You literally walk through time. And they had specific displays. Sort, I mean, I guess the um, Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of mm-hmm. Fame is similar. But this is more personal, right? It so it's, it's people mainly who you've performed with or Correct. wanted to perform with and, and sent you things as momentous Correct. things. Yeah. The majority of it is uh, people I've worked with. I either sang background for them, played drums for them, or our band actually opened for them. It was on the sa- same stage as they were. And in a lot of instances... Uh, we would perform, and we backed up all, all their their music. So it was like, when you come in here, there's there's memories of everything. When you walk through here, I have a story for everything that goes in here. I could actually spend about three or four hours just here in my John, bowl. that's where you insert John. <laughs> right, right, because that's, that's what I love is I go through, and you'll say, oh, this is so-and-so, and I don't know who that is. Then you'll sing the part of the song that they were involved in. I'm like, oh, of course I know that song. Right. And uh, But, you know, switching subjects for a second, this is a a lot of what used to be and uh, what I have really enjoyed watching is people like Byron Nash and Mark Ferrari who we talked about in the top of the podcast they come in here and have an appreciation as current musicians they have an appreciation for your career and they have an appreciation for all of the stories that are in all of the that are contained in all of the things here so they re- this this is like a respectful hallowed ground for that for for a newer musician it's kind of cool to see them come in so what what kind of what you know it's like uh it, it's sort of like you're the guardian of the of the past but you're helping the new folks understand the past. Do you, do you see yourself as that? I, I didn't at first. But as I started to see some of the, the folks that were coming through here, and they were asking me questions, which I didn't think anyone wanted to know about the old days. I mean, I really didn't. And, like, when I started, and you sang on a street corner, I mean, everyone thought we were going to make it, make it big. Some did, some didn't. Uh, I was very fortunate that we had a record out when I was only 15 years old. So I got to meet a lot of my heroes in music. So I learned from the bottom up, uh, understanding all this. So when young musicians come in, and I'm talking about like Mark. Mark, I, uh, Mark is a great guitar player, a great singer. I actually managed his group when they were coming out of college. Okay, so watching him grow is incredible. Now he didn't even know half of this stuff. He'd come to my house a lot, and a lot of it was at the at the house, you know, or at the but, restaurant, yeah, or at the restaurant. But they, they didn't really, really realize the history until they came in there. And then it's almost like going back in time. Right. And, and I can answer questions because I was there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that it is more of a respect thing, like you said. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's funny. We, as you know, Dad, we have musicians on every single week because 
how do you not preserve the fact that's the greatest art you can give no is local music? And almost every time we tell the same, somebody tells the same story that it's like there was a dip, right? There was this time when all these people essentially came out of Pittsburgh. You could rattle them up Jimmy Belmont, the Skyliners, the Vogues, uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, um, you know, go on and on and on from yeah. there. Lou Christie. Then there was this time where it was like crickets. And then there was this rebuild. Yes. And I love hearing that so many have become more resourceful and said, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, yep. I don't know, jurgles to perform. It right. can be a cafe or a, a place like that. So That's right. is that is that the true artist in someone? Is that someone who truly hones in on their craft? It is because an artist doesn't care what stage they're on. Okay. A, an artist cares about the people they're performing to. Okay. So it could be a cellar, which a lot of us started. Sure. You know, you, we played in clubs that were basically the cellars, and they deliver drinks downstairs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you think about where, where we came from, where it all came from, it doesn't matter if it's in Three River Stadium, if it is in uh, Heinz Field, if it's, uh, or if it's at Ginchy Stuff. It, it's the people who are listening to, and they're the ones that actually promote you. You could have a 1,001 songs that no one ever listens to because you didn't reach the public, but you hear one or two people pick it up, and all of a sudden they start talking about it, and it starts right. to spread, and that's how you grow. You that's know. so true. Here's the thing. I look around here, and I just say, just this corner that we're sitting in, and again, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go look at the pictures because we're, this is where you go like, I don't know if I want to hire Jack to sing or if I want him to hire if I want to hire him to decorate my basement because this True. place is decked out like there's records hanging. You know, there's a furnace that you know hidden in the corner. You don't even know it's there. And there and then the cool part is you start looking through the 45 records. Yes, a 45 record yeah. is here. And like Rick Seebeck the other day, he just starts going through them. And then not only can Jack tell you that he has that record, he'll tell you the five things that he knows about the people who made that record. And I got as a Beatles fan got a real education the one day we were down here about the Beatles and how when they first came to the United States and their popularity and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm still a Beatles fan, but 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 the, the, what you get are those stories that Jack knows. He tells them every week on his radio show, and uh, so it's always fresh in his mind. So it's it, 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 it you do I think which one of you said it? Plan to spend three hours when you're down here because you do get enthralled with the stories, and you also don't even know who you're going to bump into when you're here, right? The guy that wrote the songs for the Spinners, right? He you know, he's, might be sitting here, yeah. Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> I might be walking in here. So it's it's crazy. And Jack, I think the other cool thing is, is that while again all this is about the past, we you know, Jimmy Beaumont and the Skyliners, right? Isn't that their song that's on a current, like really popular Alexa type uh, commercial right now? I only have eyes for you. It says oh, no, that's Alexa. A flamingos. But that's oh, flamingos. Yeah. Okay. But it says Alexa, play our yeah. favorite song. You're like, that's a song that Jack can come down. You come down and Jack will tell you all about. Yeah, That's no the problem. craziest thing. That particular song? Would yeah. you say that? Because oh, when you go into the museum, you're going to see a, a blue tuxedo. And when you look at that, you're going to see the album cover of the Flamingos, which that song is on. Okay. And the gentleman who is on that is Tommy Hunt, who was from Pittsburgh. He no relation. Hill District. No well, relation. he always tells everybody that uh, I'm his little brother from the lighter side. <laughs> yeah, I love him. He, yeah, that, that's funny. Hunt, and and he, he lives in a castle. Over in England, and we keep in touch. And he's written some songs for us that we've never recorded. We're wow. Hopefully, when I get older, we'll do that. You know? <laughs> but um, 
It's kind of neat because when you, you see that kind of stuff, and here's a guy that came from the Hill District. He lives in the castle in England right now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Here, here. Rapid fire. Okay. Sorry. Most prized possession in here? I have several. Okay. But, uh, prob- yeah, I said one. All right. Ah! Well, I'm going to tell you the first three, and we'll build up to that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, probably my biggest one is because everybody knows how much I love The Temptations. Mm-hmm. And um, and Temptations, my favorite song is My Girl, of course. And um, in my museum, you will see a lot of pictures of the Temptations and stuff like that. And and I became friends with a couple of them, one being Otis Williams. And um, I have the original script from the movie, The Temptations. I have it right here, signed by Otis to me. And... When they were doing the, the movie, because it was filmed in Pittsburgh, they needed somebody that knew what it looked like in the Detroit area uh, at the time when the Temptations were coming up. And there's places like the Rooster Till, where I've been to, and the 20 Grand Club and stuff like that. So Otis asked if I wouldn't uh, talk to some of the people who were involved in the movie. And uh, they brought the producer and the director and the, all the important people. And they came to my house, and Mary Lou and I cooked for them. And then we went out and found all the locations that are actually in the movie. And two of the places were clubs that I was helping to run at the time, the Emerald Room and the 3D. And um, they converted it into uh, the two clubs, you know, the 20 Grand. Which is now the Roxian. The Roxian, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So make, make the story, because the story goes on forever. But um, I told Otis at that time, I said, if you ever need a fat white guy to be a temptation, I'm your man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 and they got a chuckle out of that. And I said, man, my favorite thing in the world is the Temptations. And if I could sing with the Temps once before I die, that would be it. So fast forward. Uh, the movie isn't out yet, but it's starting to come out. Uh, they're doing a Motown show here at Star Lake Amphitheater. And um, Otis is on the bill. And I'm the MC. I'm MC in the whole show. So he says to his, their road manager, see if Red, they called me Red instead of John Angel, see if Red wants to do the My Girl skit, which normally they bring an entertainer from that city to do a line in the Temptation song, and, and you, you wiggle your hips and do all this stuff. I said, oh, I would love it. So when I get here, doom, 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 and he goes, hey, Pittsburgh, you all know him as Johnny Angel. This is our buddy, Red, and uh, come on out here, man. Join the Temps, and they hand me the mic, and we did the first couple steps that we did, and I sang My Girl with the Temps back, and we, which is <laughs> dream well, come true. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So the most God. would be the whole museum that's dedicated to the Temps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. All right, so up in the front, there's a candy jar, which I'm very familiar with. My favorite thing is Smarties. What's the fa- what's your secret uh, vice out of the candy jar up there, Jack? Anything? I remember when I was a kid growing up on the north side, and we had these little stores. That were on. Ours was Lou's and Mary's. And Lou and Mary's was, uh, had a big candy counter in the front. And we would collect pop bottles to get some money so we could buy some penny candy. And I remember standing in front of that case and seeing all those pieces of penny candy that I loved. So when I opened the store, I said, I got to find penny candy. And that's what's in there. It's all penny candy and Smarties and all that kind of stuff. And so anytime kids come in, whether they're looking, buying, doing anything, I give the kids a piece of candy because it reminds me when I was that little kid. Okay. And, and so Smarties is one of the favorites. And now this new young kid comes in. His name's John Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> and he absolutely loves Smarties, so we stalk it. <laughs> All right, so we're on this stage for what reason, John? All right, so this stage that we're sitting on, and again, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go look at the videos. But because we are going to start doing these little 
um, acoustic type music venues here, uh, music performances here. And uh, are we allowed to say who the first one's going to be? Okay, we're not allowed to say who the first one's going to be, but I mean, legit, what you should but... do is follow the Johnny Angels Genshi Stuff Facebook page because that's where the announcements will happen. And you'll see some of the things that Jack talks about, but this is where in, in 2022, this is where we're going to be collecting to really enjoy music. Now, you might be able to enjoy it on Facebook Live, but it's not like being here because you don't get to come and see all of the things that are here. So that's why we're on this safe, stage. You know, and, COVID safe, right? Yeah. We all know that we it's not going anywhere. So let's figure out how can we be um, smart about being out. And so we're going to make sure that there's a few seats set up. Yeah. And yeah. this is going to be like a little cafe. Up close and personal. Up close and personal. Which is, makes I it special. It. You know. I love no it. No doubt about it. And I think the artists like that, too. I can't, I've never been an artist like in that form, but can, I'd have to think that they like Colin that. Can Colin Chamberlain perform here, or is that not? I, we're going to have to ask him. Okay. Yeah. Good segue. Yeah, I thought so. Colin, All right. So as we go, as we, call up, as we call up Colin Chamberlain, we're going Colin. to listen to... We're going to listen to our faves from Ireland, legit. I mean, they're from Ireland, and they're the Screaming Orphans with their holiday take on some holiday music. But before we do that, question of the day. Collectible item that you could not live without. That's a, a tough question item. for this guy. Yeah, I know. Everything Sean, in you knew what it was, everything is, But everything in here is a collectible item. Yeah, but what's the one he can't live without? Okay. What are we putting in your casket? See, he knows the answer. <laughs> 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 I have a... Sh- I have a shrine built to this guy too, uh, because Nicole. he's no one of my oh. heroes, and that's James Brown. Oh, and yes. uh, jump back, kiss myself. Uh, of, <laughs> all the things I have here from JB, uh, and I love the man to death. Um, I have a book of personal items that people have sent me, and James Brown sent me a Christmas card every year till he died. Yeah, and and we have the same birthday. And we have the same birthday. I, <laughs> I know, I know you do. Me, Roman, and James Brown. Yeah, yeah. and Becky Hunt. This episode is brought to you by 100% Pure New Zealand. New Zealand's unique spirit is defined by a connection between land and people. Discover Nelson Tasman, an enchanting region of artisans and natural beauty. Experience the town of Kaikoura's abundant sea life and culinary delights. Then transport yourself to the Bay of Plenty, home to geothermal features and rich Māori culture. New Zealand is now open to US travellers. Visit NewZealand.com to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, we brought you up because you're cut from the same cloth as yes. Jay Hay. Yes, we really are. Colin, try to be serious for three, I am two serious. and a half minutes. I'm being and tell serious. us why you love Jay Hay. I love your dad. Did people know it's your dad? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I didn't want to. Yeah. We've made no secret about that. Yeah. No, yeah. I have a striking yeah. resemblance. You don't tell too. anybody, do you? <laughs> um, I love your dad because he's, he's just a. Easy going dude. Yeah. You know? He's, he, anytime he's not. He, oh, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. I hear all these stories about how he isn't, but every time I've interacted with him, he's always been very laid yeah. back. But I don't from know, it's your just, perspective, I mean, you're oh, a young guy oh. <clears throat> yeah. with, you know, obviously in the same field that he is mm-hmm. in all seriousness. What is it like when you walk into Genshi stuff? Because you've obviously been here quite a few yeah, times. Yeah, we come down here. We, we did the shows here, yes. the parking lot shows. You love them? I I was a part of them, and <laughs> I'm happy that we moved on. I'm happy things are getting truck. better. I'm just happy things are getting Everybody's doing better. Yeah, that's, that's um, a true story. <clears throat> I'm shocked that the thing that we're here, we're here to talk about, Colin's new released album, I'm shocked that it's not called From a Pickup at the Parking Lot. Yes. I really would have thought that. it would have been an ode would, to us. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I, I, sh- I wish, I wish. No, I like coming here. It's got all kind. Of, I mean, how could you not? It's got all kind of cool stuff. It's got if you like music or show business or entertainment or anything like that. It's got a you know a million things to see, books, records. I mean, I feel like every time I'm in here, we find, you find we, something. We find well, that's something else. so we were just talking to Jack about that as a younger person. So you do know music, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind plays of the piano. on your own. And, okay. and uh, the question is, is why is this place intriguing to someone your age? <clears throat> well, I don't know. I mean, I just think there's, you know, you don't find a lot of places like this. I, I think or your, your next guest would also agree that like... Um, you know, when you're like traveling a lot and you're looking for places to go hang out in, I usually find myself in like a record store, like a memorabilia you, store yeah. or whatever. And I don't know, it's just fun to go in here. Usually, whoever's working there likes to talk about the stuff. They, you know, I, I don't think anybody gets into this kind of line of work owning a store like this because it's so hand over fist lucrative. True. You know what I mean? Like, like they have to really like it. You know, that like so, story. like because of that, you you like. Get to like have like, a good human interaction. Uh, yeah. You're not just walking into a store where nobody talks to you, nobody says anything. There's no like if you come to this store, you have you're interested in something that the person that owns this store is interested in. And can talk so about you it. have like That's a common yeah. trait already. Okay. You know, right. I'd almost think that even if you have no interest or you think you have no interest, you, you could show up and he'll hook you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you will like, go. Oh my god! In conversation, god. not right. Yeah, not right hook or left hook. Right. Maybe, depending. <laughs> so, Colin, you're obviously yes, here. Boss. This is what happens. Colin comes into town. He's obviously, in case you don't know, he's John's son. And you're oh. Jack's son, daughter. I'm, Jack's, I'm a girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so every time you come in for a family event, obviously the holidays, yes. we loop you in and we rope loop. you in. We rope you and into a podcast. And then I loop my plus one in. hate it. You no, hate I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm having a great the time. The last time you were on, you were seasick because we were on a boat, so we thought this might be more right. up your alley. Oh, we made a right. pedal up Not the river, right? I was on like a... A Peloton. It, it was. It was like live from a Peloton. Is what it, what it was. <laughs> the river. Everybody's trying to answer what their favorite slice of pizza in, in Pittsburgh is, and everybody's also going under like cardiac arrest. Like really everybody's were. But you didn't even need puffing. the pedal. Who knew? No, I know. They told you, you at the that end. Out. You figured that um, out. <clears throat> yeah. So but what's listen, the question? just as I sit here and so proud of my dad and and what his legacy is. Be careful with that laptop, by the way, because you've banged that Your that screen three times is now. So proud of you. Because I want to hear it from him. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it from him. <laughs> well, it is fun, you know. Uh, nope, of course, fun. I'm proud of him because it is fun because I th- I reflect back. The one person who had us tell the story was Aaron Kleiber on his Growing That Business oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. Of how you know it, wow. you know he, he took took Colin to took Colin took Colin to his you know his first open mic night, and it you was kind of cool. You did, yeah, yeah. And and then and <clears throat> then I was lucky enough to be the one to take him to New York City. We packed our car to every possible inch that there was almost no oxygen, and uh, and we drove to New York City. And so it's cool that I've I've been able to be a part of what's happening, and now. Uh, he has an album out, and I was able to be a part of that too. You said it, and you didn't cry. I'm, I'm, you take over. Okay. <laughs> can I? Can I jump? You on can it? jump in for sure. Jump, jump, Only because jump, Johnny, I, I I know I can relate to what you're feeling. Yeah. Because when you see somebody that's following in a line of work like you are, oh, okay, no. I don't mean he's a comedian. All right. What right. I'm saying is you're and you're Rachel's in the public eye, mm-hmm. you, right? And when you see your son doing something that you absolutely love, just like I watch my daughter. I and mean, she's on television and on the radio and all this stuff. And you get so proud, and, and you know that 
maybe all the things that you thought and did when you were having children, maybe it wasn't all that bad. Maybe yeah. we did some good <laughs> stuff yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or maybe it was so bad that it drove them into <laughs> yeah. a line of work I, where every night they go, give me your love. Yeah. You know, the way I look at it is, is that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have cool experiences. I'm right. certainly not a millionaire, but I'm a millionaire. Far in from a, in a, Certainly a millionaire in experiences. Absolutely. And so I, the last thing I would ever want my kid to be doing is if they want to be something, you know, that an accountant or whatever, I'd love them. I would just want them to be the best one. Even I used to tell them if they were wanting to clean toilets, just be the best person who ever cleaned toilets. Right. And so the cool thing is, is that he's pursuing a dream. He, you know, he got hooked in on it and he's, he's done certain things and he gets the respect of others. And you know, the, as you know, Jack, the one thing in the corner, de-stringing a guitar (laughs) to wrap it around his neck. The one thing off this topic, he will. The one thing that I, (laughs) you know, is, the one thing that you know is that when people say your kid's a good kid, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what you hear. So I want my son to be a successful comedian, which he is, but it's oh. cool when people say he's a good kid. No doubt. Right. But the coolest part I thought was, so Colin left for New York. How long ago was it now? Right three years. COVID. Is it three years? It's um, on his third. Two. Two. Yeah. yeah two, it's two. Two, over two years. So you left. It was the craziest thing because it is a huge plunge. You know, it's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm leaving, you know this area to go there i know you you were bound for more than pittsburgh but we were so lucky because you came back to at least record your album here Mm -hmm. i mean what was that like obviously we know it's your hometown you love seeing all the people but now that it's done well looking back i don't know if i love seeing all the people but i needed to see them you know yeah that helps yes that helps when there are people there at the shows that you know know yes it's always better than having not people there you know but i'm saying that hometown feel so yeah yeah it was good it was good i wanted to do it here you know i felt like this is where i could get the most people to come out and it was seemed like the right place to do it this is where i started comedy so it was a a nice uh homage to where i started so sorry boss no that's right we didn't have it in the budget for more space i uh I, anyway, um, yeah, that's why I did it here. I just was happy so to do it. So now it's done. Oh, yeah, it is done. And so what was that like? You had to get pictures taken. I had to get pictures taken. Oh, yeah, you. yeah, I got some pictures taken. A great photographer, Mindy Tucker. She's really great. She took the pictures. And, uh, yeah, edited it and listened to it over and over again and had to go through that. I mean, we listened to. I listened to all four shows at least three times, I think to cut it down to an album and then from there we found um you know what the best run of it was and then after that you have to get the video edited so we you know your friends mike sorg sorgatron edited the video it's really like you're never too old or too big i feel like you just no matter what you have you end up always calling your it's usually like a dad or an uncle and asking if they know somebody that does something like, just no matter where yeah. you are at in your life, you're never... Oh, no. Did your computer die? No. Okay. Um, can you riff? Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I hope so. I just didn't remember. Because we have another hour <laughs> left. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just, you know, it's just like, here we are in the middle of this, and I'm calling, you know, you and my dad and a couple other people, like, do you know of anybody that edits video, you know, like, everything is just so fly by the seat of your pants still, so, but... Sure. The video's done. It looks good. Sorg did a great job, and the album is cut. It sounds great, and 
it'll all be out January 7th. So I'm just happy that it's over. Once January That's 7th surreal. comes, I'm really, I'll be really happy that it's done. I'm sure. And was, so, <laughs> so what does that mean, though? Does Tell that me. mean that yeah, when you go to perform, yeah. when you go to perform a month from now, will you do that material, or Great is question. the material all new because it's now on the album? Uh, I know people like to hear the hits, as Jack would say, right? Yeah. You know? No, yeah. Well, the good news is the difference between me and Jack is nobody knows the hits. You know, when nobody <laughs> knows the hits and they're not hits, you can play them as much as you want, you know, um, and or not play them. And no one's going to leave and go, he didn't do that one show. I don't know, Colin, because I guarantee enough people it. follow you now um, that they want to hear yeah. certain things. No, I've, as yeah. somebody who does comedy a lot, I'll promise you that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But but whether the, the yeah, I mean, the, I, I'm trying to get stuff turned over quickly some of the stuff i wasn't i don't want to do again some of the stuff i have to do so i can sell things right you know yeah. you know it's we're basically just all working at a flea market and and, the, and just our spiel to get people to our table is longer okay that's the only difference okay. between me and somebody that sells like knockoff jerseys oh. off of like <laughs> 79 is that my spiel is longer to get you to true. buy a hat Mm-mm. you know it all is to lead Whose no. phone? Oh my God. Is that <laughs> your? <laughs> Ray. God. He's lying. Yeah. Bring well, do you, do you want to bring in Ray? Yeah, All right. Ray. So before we go to Ray, let's listen to a little bit more of the Screaming Orphans Holiday Album. Perfect. Wait, why the well, you know, I mean, I've always, I've always worn a cowboy hat. Raymond. Raymond. Raymond Tallahassee. Oh wow! Good to meet you, man. It was when a pleasure. Did you, when did you get into town there, Tumbleweed? Well, you know, I I, ro- I rode on in uh, early this morning. On what? I get up early, dude. Crack of dawn. How early? Uh, about three a.m. Really? Yeah, when the rooster wow. crows. Really. Do you have a lot to do? <clears throat> well, I gotta gotta get the farm ready. You know, we can't we can't all live in our big shop, big city apartments right. like you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Where do you, you know, live? Me? Yeah. Montana. And you rode in this morning? <clears throat> yeah, I had to see my family. When did you Christmas. leave? Hold on one second. W- what's going on? When did, oh <clears throat> sorry, there's a lady present. Uh, yeah, I, uh, ma'am, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Pleasure's on No, mine. it's Ray. What? Yeah, it's been me this whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah, just a little, wow. quick little prank. Yeah, you're a prankster. It's so weird you guys didn't say anything. There's just a strange cowboy sitting in here. You guys just let me roam around. I could have I been an outlaw. You could have really been You would have had no really idea. I think you are an outlaw. Well, anyway. I've, I've been called worse, my friend. Yeah, I know. I've been there. <laughs> I'm just going in and out of this character. We'll do that so the whole I, time. Yeah, yeah, I figured as much. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a, a real breakdown of reality for you just on Cameron on tape. Well, this, is, yeah, this is me having a, a full-blown uh, mental episode. episode. Just yeah. another episode. <laughs> yeah. Ray, what was it like being on Colin's album? How about that? I'm oh, not on wow. it. Wow, this must be... Uh, this is so this is really great yikes. for me to hear. Yikes. This is so great. Tell, tell us more Just about when John. you did my album. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I should have brought said. my dad here. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's getting praise from their dad. My right. dad came to see one comedy show and said, oh, yeah, hopefully you'll be as funny as that other guy one day. <laughs> no. Like, oh, you thanks. Listen, that is you true. Know that was we'll just the guy it. giving the announcements. You know, <laughs> John, the voice yeah. of intro and Colin. So... Ray, I don't even know this answer. Were you into like improv and things like that, and then comedy, or did it all kind of like? No, I was in musical theater in high school. Get out. Was, yeah, had a uh, had roles in uh, Les Misérables. 
Gene Kelly and uh, uh, Susical the Musical. You were nominated for a Gene Kelly um, Award. I'm not 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 personally. The, your, your the entire school. cast yeah, was nominated. The, the yes, school, multiple yeah. times. Yeah. 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 Went into comedy when? Right after college, um, you know, I went to school for broadcast journalism because I saw Anchorman when I was 17 and I wanted to be him, but that's not really how the news was anymore. So then, uh, then I was Wait, like, I'm going to well, do some found comedy. Out, when, when did you find out, how many years outside of college did you find out that the news was not like the movie, like the, the film Anchor Man? Senior fake. year. Really? Yeah, and I, there was really crushing. no turning back. Yeah, there's no switching majors. I, c- I couldn't be like, I want to be an accountant. Now. Right, yeah. It doesn't yeah, work yeah. that way. No, yeah. And wow. I can't add anyways. I couldn't oh, be an accountant. <laughs> but. <laughs> Ray, Ray, you have a different kind of comedy than, than Colin. So, well. like, you you're, you have, you go into characters. Colin is telling uh, more of a storyteller. You're, you go into sort of characters. that If we watch you both on Instagram, it's a little bit different. I mean, Whatever happened to the uh, the arm wrestling character that used to do on Instagram? Oh, that arm wrestling character. That wasn't a character. (laughs) Oh, I apologize. No, I was training to be a professional arm wrestler, and COVID really put a damper on that. And then I started seeing videos of arm wrestlers and watching a lot of stuff. They're way stronger than me. Oh, okay. So that's a problem. They've been doing it for years. Me, I was I was just going to start in my thirties. You know what? That is that is the most raise a Wadney statement. Thinking to see something on TV or online and go, I want to do that. Find that it takes years of training. Go. Well, I guess it's just you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I need I'm instant good. gratification. Yeah. I also have thin wrists. It says a Wadney curse. <laughs> it, it's soft teeth. Well, small teeth. That's why small I can't teeth. eat apples. Yeah. Small teeth and thin wrists, yeah. 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 That's so tough. So you picked up also when Colin was leaving. And obviously Colin being John's son is why we're referencing him more. Because I remember him getting ready to go. I could invite my dad. (laughs) Get your dad. I don't know. We called your dad. I mean, mean, he's on call right now. He's a doctor. all of his numbers and we could not get him here. (laughs) So as he was preparing for New York, so were you. You guys went the same time, right? Yeah. Ray came a week after I okay. went to New York, and I'll never forget it. I was I went to New York, like all thing. I did the same thing when I went to college. My freshman year of college, I was in college for four days, and then came home that first weekend. And I did the same thing when I moved to New York. I went to New York for like four days, came home the following weekend for some shows. My apartment was on fire when I left. Oh, that's right. Which I don't think a lot of people know that our building was on fire the day I left to come back to Pittsburgh the first time. That's crazy. And we were evacuated. I was leaving for the airport as we were being evacuated out of the building. Uh, it was my 9-11. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, just FDNY is throwing our my suitcase down a flight of stairs. Wow. But, yeah. Uh, but then when I got back, Ray picked me up from the airport. And it really, you have to admit, like, for the first, I mean, it was an issue because we didn't have any money especially after this, but for the first, like, three months, it really was like we were on a college campus. Like we, oh, it felt like college. We, we just, we, it felt like summer camp and that it was all just going to end and our parents were going to pick us up at the end and nothing cost any money. But it and never did. In hindsight, my mom probably should have came and picked me up. Yeah, she yeah, just yeah, came yeah. and got me, and then I could have joined my family business. <laughs> What's your family business? Uh, alcoholic, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's no. um... It's uh my my father's a maintenance man. I could have worked I could have worked. I could have been fixing things and wow. building you stuff. Fixer? I didn't know that. No, I don't know how to do okay. any of it, but um it's because you have weak wrists, thin wrists. 
No, my father also has thin wrists, but he has stronger forearms. Okay. Yeah. Make up for it. So you went to New York, and so now you guys have been there for over two years. And you've started your own kind of series there. Because, as I said, you became known here for some of the shows that you put on. Not the parking lot shows. We understand that. I love the parking lot shows. Thank why you, do you, Ray, why do you Colin, keep... Colin rips on them. He likes I don't them rip too. on them. I, I think they were a necessary thing. Yeah. You know? they, you, we just don't know when they end. I, Me. I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do it now. But yeah. I think at the time we, it was fun. Yeah, you get some people out in that parking lot and you pull a truck around. I'll get out there. I'll tell I them, them. I'll tell them some giggle them ups. I knew Hell. <laughs> tell them how hard it is, though, to do the parking lot. Because, yeah, you know, you're worst. used to a certain thing in a club, right? Well, well, that, that's kind of what happened is, is we were getting down after some of these outdoor shows and like Zoom shows because it, it was the only shows that we were doing. So in our head, we're like having the expectation that we would have performing at a club, especially when there's like 100 people outside or 60 people, however many people came. And then you just don't hear them. And they're also not like, you know, they're not even used to being out there as well. So it's it's difficult for the audience. Sometimes you don't realize that like it's a hard job for the audience. Like I feel bad when I see like a like six people in an audience and the comedians are kind of like kind of giving them problems because they're a small crowd and like being negative about it. But it's also like, yo, these six people are just sitting there quietly, very uncomfortable and still trying to put on a brave, smiling face. So it's, you know, so it was just, it was strange for everybody. And when you put it into perspective, they were a lot more fun than I think we gave them credit for in the moment. But talk about, like, expand on Jack's question because it takes, nobody understands that you don't just get up there and tell jokes. You know, it's a, it, as a musician would want to go rehearse before they go do a show. You guys hadn't done any shows, so this was your rehearsal. You you were going up there with kind of without stretching your hand, your hamstrings and such, right? And from a comedy sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the it was the first time we've definitely done anything that long. You know, uh, in months, I, I think I think I did like you know however many minutes we did. The only thing I was doing before that was five minute sets on Zoom comedy shows. So I always think of yeah. like uh, uh, baseball pony league pitchers and batters. They their coaches didn't want them to do wiffle ball because the timing was bad. Right, that you'd mess up your timing, and I'd have to think that this kind of screws up with your timing because in within a comedy club yeah. you have a certain there's a certain instant reaction where. When we were in the parking lot, the timing was a little bit different, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing was, as you were saying about, you know, not being in practice or not being like doing the shows where you rehearse is uh, I couldn't remember like the next bit. Like that's why I had to have a little sheet with me like sitting off to the side because I would, you know, I was lost. I didn't have any like rhythm, you know. How many times after those shows did we, whether we were together or not, where somebody's just, I think, I think. Luckily, we never called each other at the exact same time to get, like, a busy signal because it was almost instantly where I was calling you or you were calling me, and whoever picked up the phone was just hearing this conversation that was already started. Oh, yeah, like, just like starting in the middle. Somebody was already screaming about, like, and, you know, the other thing is they don't have any lights. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it was... Uh- yeah, it that, was insane. That's what like you 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 two were like kind of like downplaying like the 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 show out there or like saying it like like that was amazing compared to some of the things that we did during the pandemic. We right. did. I think the worst thing we did. I I hated the uh, the driving. We did a driving oh where people God, didn't even yeah. get out of their cars, but like the stage was set up beautifully. Like, mm-hmm. It was like a huge stage, and 
instead of the people getting out of their cars and laughing, they were just encouraged to honk or flicker their lights. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about timing being off? Yeah, it's like you know, there's not. It's, it's like it's like doing stand up in the in the middle of rush hour traffic. But you, then you felt like if you didn't do it, you were like missing out. Like you wanted to do it, you knew it was going to be bad. It was like it was like uh, like abusive almost to where you go and you do these shows where you know they're going to be bad and then but you want to do them because you want to do a show but you know they're going to be bad and you know you're going to feel like there was no winning like it was did you know the drive-in show was going to be bad yeah i mean i had a feeling of, like a field in indiana where people were like honking at us was not going to be before i knew about the honking i saw the cars driving and i was like oh this might be nice maybe they'll get out it's maybe packed. they'll sit yeah, in. Yeah. Right, yeah and then no i was so, impressed by when you guys did took the the truck took the stage right because as an entertainer i understand what you have to go through and you read and you play off your audience you know and if i was playing when i play concerts where the audience is a hundred feet away my shows are different because i can't read them i can't play off them and you're used to being in a club where you see somebody where you're going to nail them in a second you know you know where you're going to go with that you couldn't do that in a parking lot you know what i mean and trying to get your timing to go with what you were thinking at that time, I was really impressed because you don't know. We're out back here giggling and laughing. Yeah. And you don't even know we're laughing. I mean, it's like. Well, it because it, 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 it lacks like a certain level of intimacy, yeah. you know, when it's that big and that wide, like like the audience is just outside. So it's like, you know, inf- there's no back wall. <laughs> but I think one of the things that was kind of cool about it is, is I thought it was like intimate in a different way. Like when it was cold, it's like we're all dealing with like the cold in here. It's, it felt like a tailgate or it yeah. felt like, you know, it's something that we're something weird in a good way that we're all experiencing together that I kind of thought was cool about those parking lot shows. But. What is it like to be in New York? Because as I started to say before, you started some things here, whether it was at the Improv, whether it was at the Arcade Theater, whether it was at 565, you were doing small shows that, again, Pittsburgh was just sort of, not that, not to down Pittsburgh, but it was a stepping stone to go to a bigger place. Now you're doing something like that in New York. Is that right? The two of you together? Yes. Yeah, What's similar. that like? Uh, well, running a show there, I mean, it's we 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 run a, co- a comedy show at like a bigger club in the city, and it's uh, it's it's tough because you like in Pittsburgh, like we all speak the same language yeah. in the sense of like you know, like I know how to sit down and talk to a bar owner or a club owner that's from Pittsburgh because you're able to like balance that mutual ground, and then not only in New York do you not speak the same language as a lot of people, but there's also a million other people trying to do what we're doing. Yeah. So I felt like when, like moving there, comedy felt like if you were playing with like Nerf guns and you, when you were kids and you're like shooting the, the rubber bullets and then you move to New York and you're still playing Nerf guns, except somebody has exchanged them for real guns. And you're like, Oh, like this is, this is a real, like it's like monopoly money, but then all of a sudden it's your own money. And is know? it is it the reps? Can you really get? You know, we know how many open mics are here in Pittsburgh, but can you get three, four reps, different bars in a night? Can you get that? There? Yeah, is I, I that mean, for real? I mean, we've yeah, heard those for stories. sure. I mean, quality reps. I mean, you you got to be a lot more established, I, th- I think, than than I am at this point. But I mean, you could do. You could spend all evening going to different bars. For sure. doing you could like start at mic. 3 p.m. and Isn't do it right? till yeah. you know midnight, 3 a.m. Yeah, whatever. Your style of comedy is more character driven, where Collins is more of storytelling, and uh, the character p- 
people look at you and they go, oh, what character is going to come out? Does that come from your drama training, you know, your your high school musical drama? I mean, it's it's very natural. It's very natural, but you 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 can your your style of comedy is much different than Collins, but they're both equally funny. I don't I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, definitely the, the like doing theater and stuff in school, like in high school, helped with the stage presence aspect of yeah. it, and like not being like nervous to be as nervous to be on stage. But the uh, the like any character stuff that I do just comes from a level of silliness, and it and it actually originally started with <clears throat> telling like doing jokes or telling stories that were about something that was a little more harsh, you know, and something that could uh, get pity from an audience as opposed to laughter. Oh, when you okay. turn it into a character, it kind of softened the blow a little bit. Yeah. Well, guys, we Are appreciate we done? it. Are we done? I Are feel like done? we could talk for a lot. I feel longer. like we could talk a lot longer too. As Rachel says, we should have you back every every month or so. <laughs> right. Ray, what's the worst? Right. What do you think the worst show we did together was? Um, as man. far as like least fun, because we've done we've, some bad shows, but we had a lot of fun. We've done a lot of really unfun shows, Colin. Uh, oh my god! Um, I mean, we but have. It wasn't for the company. No, no, the company's always great. You always, always get company, great. bud. I do think that one day, when you in the next ten years, when you pass away, and I think, like, I really think about like. What I'm gonna say at your I think about it a lot. What I'm gonna say at your funeral? Do you ever, well, you, That's you, extremely you would, you morbid. You think about what I'm gonna say at my funeral because you'd be. Long well, long. I'm probably I'm gonna kill you, so I probably won't be allowed to go to the funeral. That would right, be a weird yeah. move to go there. But do you then... ever do you ever feel like do you ever, it, does it ever like do you take the time to really think about how I'm probably truly truly one of the real loves of your life? You know what I mean? Where like as far as people go that you that know you. I really, am, I must be top three. Like, truly, you love me deep down in your heart. You love, you truly. Did you me. not get enough attention in the first half hour of this podcast with your dad crying and <laughs> Rachel saying like, how proud she was of you? Just, that now you need more love. I'm just saying, like, did you I, hug him a lot when he was a kid, John? Like, what is going I'm on here? I'm just saying, like, would you agree or not agree? You're, you're my good friend. I'm, gonna... I'm just your good. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm just your really good, good friend. Fr- Wow! wow. With I think that's really through. nice to say. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. How I do you think. feel about Ray? I, uh, you know, he's a neighbor. Uh, he's an acquaintance, um, role model, uh, <laughs> coworker. I would describe if I describe oh. him as anything. I would describe him as a coworker first. Boss, not a boss. <laughs> um, he's kind of like a big brother role model, except if your big brother was like the same age, couldn't? Yeah, was much older, like aggressively <laughs> older. Yeah. Yeah, and not wait. Do you remember when we did that one parking show? Ow. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You have soft bones. Uh, he has fibromyalgia. Uh, a lot of people don't know that about Ray. He's a silent sufferer. He has fibromyalgia. <laughs> He's been suffering in silence for many years. And I'm anemic. I get cold really. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know what? You're not as needy. Uh, but you. Does anybody uh, have a blanket I could put over my lap? Oh God, my legs are cold. Uh, wait, speaking of your legs, remember we did the show here and your knee? How bad your knee oh my was? God. Oh yes. To, I mean, we had to like. Ratchet strap you up on, and your mother gave me. I mean, regular Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol in the parking lot. Nothing (laughs) sets up a show better than someone setting up a table with buffalo chicken dip, and my mother handing one of the comedians a plastic baggie of 
controlled substances in the park. I mean, it's just, how could you not have a good show? When you go, what, was my timing going to work? Timing. <laughs> timing. Who cares about timing? There's st- People are setting up sternos right now. Why are we talking about timing? Well, yeah. I felt good on that truck. I bet you did. That yeah, stage. You did an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but look at you with your knees now. I know. My knee's working great. Well, you have a doctor now, which has been good for you. I know. But, you know, just a lot of icing, a lot of heat, yeah. go hot to cold, hot to cold. Mm-hmm. What is this podcast about? Is this about, is this about me? It's a sports medicine it's a podcast. sports medicine podcast. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. question of the day. First of all, where does everybody find you guys, Colin? <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Colin Comedy, Colin underscore comedy, ColinComedy.com. It's all some variation of that. Where can they download your show? Well, what, whatever day it is, if it's after January 7th, you can get it on iTunes, uh, Bandcamp, Amazon. It's free on YouTube. That would be big if you watch it on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's very helpful. It's totally free on YouTube. Um, um, also, you can DM me at Raby Killinum. I'm selling half-price copies, uh, bootleg CDs. <laughs> uh, I'll send them out to you. Shipping and handling, obviously, you're going to cover. But, yeah, you can get them that way, too. How much is shipping and handling? Four. Four dollars. So you're selling it for a dollar less. That's still a deal. That's still a bargain. You, Colin, you also have a podcast. I have a podcast. Yeah, it's called Hell Gigs. It's about the worst shows that entertainers do, you know. And Ray's been a guest on it several times, and we've talked about many of the nights we've had together. The 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 fun we've had. I guess not that much fun. We asked Ray when I said, you know, think of the shows. He goes, Well, we've done a lot of horrible shows. So. You know, I guess everybody we remembers have. things differently. Ray, but. if they want to remember you, where do they find you on uh, social at, media? They can find me at Ray Killinum on all social media. I'm also uh, writing a book. Uh, it's a novella about love and country and family. What's it called? <laughs> huh? What's it called? Uh, wind from my soldiers. Wind or Wind. 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 I'm sorry, my accent sometimes I drop the D's. Oh, wind for my <laughs> yeah. soldiers. Yeah, wind for my soldiers. Guys, that listen, do you know what the question of the day is? What's the one collectible that you can't live without? And maybe it's not even a collectible. It's just like that thing that's yours that could be a collectible. Like my dad's is the entire Temptations collection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's an unfortunate... Uh, look into both of our lives of how little that we have. Um, nothing, nothing really makes you think about where you're at status-wise than being able to fit all of your worldly possessions <laughs> into a, an infinity. You know, my dad's infinite. Like when you can get everything comfortably in to an <laughs> SUV, so nothing goes. Wow, I mean, not a lot, not a lot of accomplishments here. I understand. You know? well, yeah. I mean, I- when it's all soft betting. I have I have a collectible that I probably could live without, but for some reason I have brought it every single place that I've ever moved. Is I have this l- this ceramic lamp that my mom made that's a Batman lamp, and it doesn't work. Aww. It hasn't worked, and it's just taking up space. I probably I, this is a good reminder that I gotta get rid of it. Could you sell it at Ginchy Stuff? Maybe you could find out. Maybe we'll, fi- Maybe we'll figure there you it out. Go. Yeah, Used by, a- it has my fingerprints all over it. Wow, <laughs> I have that's a bronze a fish. In my kitchen that I've had for a long time. Wow. A bronze fish that I think my sister bought me that I've kept for a very long time. I I think I, but I could most certainly live without it for the right price. Five (laughs) dollars. 
$10. All right. Well, Rach, uh, I guess, the, you know, at the end of the day, download Colin's podcast. Follow Ray on Instagram and buy his book. Uh, win for, my, win soldiers. for my Soldiers. Become a TBD. And yeah, it's coming out sure TBD. You come over to you don't have Johnny an Angel's Ginchy stuff and follow Johnny Angel's Ginchy stuff on Facebook because that's where all the announcements are going to be about how special this place is going to be. All right, so thanks to Ray, thanks to Colin, thanks to Jack, for uh, and thanks to the Screaming Orphans, and also thanks to Rory Conda. Roraconda has a tracker, not for Santa or for packages. They are tracking the process in which you receive your vehicle. Once the perfect CRV, HRV, or other vehicle is selected and ordered, the reliable rep will continuously track its whereabouts to keep the customer updated. If that is an elite customer service, what is? Visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. As I sat at my window last evening, the letter man brought it to me. Invitation said, Gilhooly, come over to tea. Sure, I knew that the Fogarty sent it, and I went just for all friendship's sakes. But the first thing they gave me to tackle was a slice of Miss Fogarty's cake. Now there was plums and prunes and cherries, there was citrus and raisins and cinnamon too. There was love made cloves and berries, and a crust that was laid on with glue. Was caraway seeds in abundance Should to build up a fine stomach egg It would kill a man twice after eating A slice of Miss Fogarty's Christmas cake Miss Mulligan wanted to taste it But really there wasn't no use They worked at it over an hour And they couldn't get none of it loose Till Kelly came in with the hatchet And Murphy came in with the saw That kick was enough by the powers To paralyze any man's jaw Now there was plums and prunes and cherries There was citrus and raisins and cinnamon too There was nut and rose and berries And a crust that was nailed on with glue There was caraway seeds in abundance Sure to build up a fine stomach Just